This will not be an easy message for me today because I will talk about things that none of us want to talk about. I don't want to talk to my family about home protection on the chance that somebody may kick in our door and try to come in. The reality is if somebody knocks on your door at 2 a.m., you're not as concerned about the front door as you are the back door. Because according to experts, the person that knocks on your front door is merely to get your attention when while you answer it, somebody's kicking in your back door. I don't like to talk about those things, but they are a reality that we have to face. I don't like talking about fire alarms and smoke alarms. I don't like talking about we need to get fire extinguishers in our house. I have one in my master closet. Why? Well, I don't anticipate I'll need that one when there's a kitchen fire because I'm cooking bacon. I'm anticipating that if I wake up in the middle of the night and there's smoke, that I might have to fight my way for my, me and my family to the front door. I don't like talking about those things. I don't like talking about life insurance on the chance that I'm going to have perhaps an untimely death and there will need to be money set aside to care for my family because I will not be there to provide. I don't like talking about wills and how to divvy up all the stuff that uh, we've accumulated through the years and who gets what and under what circumstances and who's the trustee over that. And what if one of us dies? What if both of us dies? Those things, we do not like look forward to scheduling those appointments. Amen? Unless you're the rare person that does. But yet it is an essential thing to discuss because we just understand the reality of it. Right now, I don't like to hear on the news that while we are building almost nothing in America, China is building everything. I don't like to hear that while we are building like the smallest percentage of ships in the world, that China not only is building the largest amount by far, but they're also determining to have shipyards spread all over the world. You may think that's for efficiency. You may think that's so that they will have more market share. But the reality is they knew that Japan was in trouble in World War II when they had damaged ships and they could not make it all the way back to Japan to repair those ships. And they were sitting ducks as they limped through the ocean to get back home. China has realized that if we have shipyards placed all over the world that we're just a short journey away from getting our ships into the shipyards. There are plants and manufacturers all over the U.S. that are China-based manufacturing plants. I read last night where there's one opening in Michigan that is a battery plant that China is coming here. China is buying farms and is becoming one of the largest single entity of farmers in the U.S. We don't like to talk about these things, but they are happening. And we can just go back to making our income and, and, and going on our vacations, and just as long as it doesn't bother me individually, there is big things going on. There are things happening in our economy I don't like to talk about. I don't know why the housing prices are going so crazy, but I do know that the realtor that we had a couple of years ago to sell my mother-in-law's house told me this, that I have cash buyers right now that I don't even have to call, that are foreign entities that I can call them right now. If I need to sell a house, I can sell it tomorrow, sight unseen, cash offer. And she said, but I don't really want to sell to foreign entities. I would rather sell to people here that need a house locally instead of selling it to a foreign agency that's just going to buy it and then rent it out and then make money on the back end of this deal. And so we see that these going, things are going on. Nobody wants to talk about these things, including myself. I also don't want to talk about the things that are going on in the spirit world all around us that we also don't want to talk about. There are things going on in the church that we would much rather sing more songs and turn up the music and let's have a celebration and let's just, let's just have a good 
uh, time, let's, let's come together and have a banquet and let's turn up the music. We would much rather talk about that than to talk about spiritual warfare. You don't have to look far to find out where the church has come. And I'm not saying that as a compliment as far as that we've come great lengths and we're so much further than the disciples. We're so, so much further than, 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 than the apostles. We're so much further ahead in our prayer knowledge and understanding and our warfare. That when I'm talking about how far we've come, I, I guess I'm talking about how, how, how low we've become as, as, as the church globally. But make no mistake about it, there is a war going on. There is a battle going on. This passage says, when I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. We are going to have to have an understanding of a church, of what the church was placed here to do. We are supposed to have an impact and an influence on our communities. I asked the Lord a while back to begin to show me what things are happening in the realm of the spirits. And he said that you don't have to look much past the natural to see what's happening in the supernatural. And it wasn't long before I saw that whatever was happening in politics was what was happening in the spirit world. Whatever's happening in Hollywood is happening in the spirit world. Whatever's happening in our music industry is happening in the spirit world. Whatever's happening in our educational system is what's happening and creeping in in the spirit world. And so I don't have to look very far to see those entities to look how demonic and how, how uh, much those entities are anti-God. Don't wait for the guy to be revealed as the antichrist, the guy that's got horns on his head and a pointy tail and looks like the guy on the deviled ham container. That's not what he's going to look like. There's a very anti-God sentiment right now. Now, if today is a little much, then please come back next week. Hopefully, I'll, unless I go to part two of this, uh, hopefully it'll be a little bit more encouraging and enlightening and, 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 and uh, uh, um, a little bit more of a, a, a pleasant sermon. But I'm here to tell us today that I have to issue a warning. I have to tell us that there is danger lurking. I have to tell you that you need to prepare for a fire in your house. I have to tell you you need to make a will. I have to tell you you should have life insurance. I have to tell you if there's a knock on the door, do not answer that door at 3 in the morning. Just go on ahead and call the police and talk through your ring camera. Get a ring camera for 60 bucks or 100 bucks and talk through that to that person. Do not open that door. And send somebody to stand by the back door while you do talk to the person at the front door. These are things we don't like to talk about, but I also don't like to talk about there's a war for your soul. That we can't just come and play church. We just can't come and go through the motions. Lest you think we don't. And I'm just talking to churches globally. I'm not talking to this congregation. I'm not responsible for the church globally. I am responsible for this church and the church in Columbus. And so we don't have to look much past morning prayer today. We don't have to look much past when I said, let's pray as we prayed for the message today. And we all said amen, but most of us, didn't even pray out loud. I heard my voice more than any others until I said, let's say amen, everybody say amen, and everybody said amen. But even while we prayed to open this service, was there a hunger that God, please touch my heart today. God, help me to be receptive to your word. God, let, let there be something life-changing for me and my family today. God, I come with a hunger and a desire, Lord. We are facing turbulent times, God. Feed my soul today and prepare me for what I might face this week. Or did we simply wait for the pastor to pray for us and do what we normally do and just say, Amen. You're going to have to fight for your soul. Everything we do for God is going to be a battle. 
When I was a child, I spake as a child, understood it as a child, I thought as a child. If I come across today, please don't, please don't let the enemy convince you that I'm angry at anybody. I'm not. But I do have to issue a serious warning. I have never felt as sober. I'm not talking about lack of drinking. I'm talking about serious. As I have felt in the last few months, there are some things brewing that it's just going to take a small tipping point and our whole world is going to be upside down. You will not even recognize our planet. Pastor, that sounds like doom and gloom. I'm telling you that prophecy is about to be fulfilled. And we need to get ready to do what God has called us here to do. I don't, I don't create fear today. I'm telling us we are the ones that were sent here to bring change, to bring hope, that no matter what happens with the world that is beyond our control, what we can control is reaching friends, reaching neighbors, me not fearing anything, me, me preparing to, to, to meet the Lord, whether it's by rapture, by death, or whatever, that, that no matter what happens globally, I'm not afraid or worried. I am prepared as much as I can be, but I'm mostly prepared in my soul and in my spirit. The disciples asked Jesus, what, what is the signs of your return? He said, here's what it's going to look like. And I'm telling you, it's not a pretty picture. He gave them that to give them hope. Not to scare them to death. So my message today is so that we would prepare our hearts. Not that we would be afraid. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. When I was a child, my conversations were petty and selfish. Anybody relate? Not that you knew me as a child, but you. Life was about me, my wants, my desires, my feelings. I didn't talk about caring for others. I didn't talk about being responsible for anybody else. I said things with no regard to how it would affect others or how it would affect the spirit world. I spoke with no regard for what I was transmitting in the spirit world. I spoke my mind. I was a kid. I wasn't mature enough to realize the power of my words. I was short-sighted, not considering the future or the big picture, Jack. It was in my notes. The big picture. Jack normally sits over there. He moved on me. Thought he was raptured out, and we all missed it. Jack's, Jack, we, I don't know if you noticed, we were talking here when we started the first song. Jack was overwhelmed with this feeling of if we could see the big picture of really what's going on in the realm of the Spirit, what's going on in the big picture of everything that happens, if we could see that as a piece in the big picture. It's in my notes. When I was a child, I didn't look at big picture. I looked at my picture. I spake as a child. I talk primarily about football, bikes, and skateboards. Very little about God, heaven, or the spirit world. Stuff, things. Enjoy your stuff. Enjoy your things. Go camping. Go fishing. Take your boat out on the water. Do all those things. Just don't let them become your idol or your God. Just enjoy that for a season, but stay plugged in to the big picture. Stay plugged in of what you were placed here to do. I not only spake as a child, I understood as a child, which means I had very little understanding or wisdom. I didn't understand. I valued things. I didn't understand saving and investing. I didn't understand fitness and wellness. I didn't understand choosing relationships wisely or the importance of education or how to make plans and preparations for the future and how much people over you, care about you, and for your well-being, like parents, teachers, and church leaders. I, I didn't understand that. I didn't, have, I didn't have wisdom or understanding, not only in the natural, but in the supernatural. I didn't, I didn't see the big picture as a child. I didn't see how important that my choices would, would affect my, my, my spirit life. 
how much my choices would affect my eternity. Today, perhaps it's a little different. Kids aren't talking bikes and skateboards. It's games and videos. And there's so, there's so much in that world that there's another supernatural world that's, that's much more real and much more vibrant, but, but they're in this, this virtual reality that they immerse themselves in. They think as a child. Spake as a child, understood as a child, I thought as a child, the here and now. I didn't strategize about the needs of others. I valued things more than people. A child thinks reactionary, a mature adult prepares and plans. As a child, I had no thought for tomorrow. Mom and dad worked, paid the bills. They made sure we had a house. Mom made sure we had dinner on the table. Dad kept up with the yard and the car maintenance. Mom did our laundry, at least till we were 12, then we did our own. They bought our clothes. My dad locked the doors at night. My dad served in the army and was ready to defend our home. That was his responsibility. We just enjoyed life. As a child, I thought, as any child, that I, I don't concern myself with the responsibilities for myself or anyone else. And then I became a man. Things changed. It's in a, a message here about being a responsible adult. I, I'm trying to make this transition. I'm trying to build a bridge here from the known to the unknown. I'm trying to help us to see that, that all these things that I was in the natural, that Jesus is trying to show me in the supernatural, that I can't just be a child in my supernatural thinking. All these traits that I had, that I, I, I talked as a child, I, I thought as a child, I understood as a child, that I have to make sure that in the spirit world, that, I, that when I become a man, that I understand the spirit world differently as an adult, as a mature Christian. Otherwise, I'm, an, otherwise I'm a 57-year-old child in the spirit. Still speaking as a child, still understanding as a child, still thinking as a child, but 57 years old. Paul goes on to say, then I became a man. Before you ladies check out and say, I'm off the hook, he's talking about men. He's talking about being an adult. He's just saying for him, he was a boy, now he's a man. It applies to all of us. If you're a girl, now you're a grown woman. So this, 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 when you become a man, is, it applies to all of us. It's not a men's retreat, not a men's seminar that we're, we're just talking just to men here. He's talking about becoming a mature person. I transitioned from being a, a boy to a man. And now I had to make a choice to put away childish things. Your age doesn't qualify you to be an adult. Your maturity does. I had to become responsible. I had to make a decision to become an adult for my children. What my parents were for me, I had to now become that for my kids. It was much easier to just let my parents do it. It would have been much easier to do that, but you see, I had to become responsible and to become responsible means that somebody else was dependent on me. You don't sin alone. What happens in Vegas doesn't stay in Vegas. That sin world follows you right back. You think you can go somewhere and sin alone and nobody's going to find out and nothing happens. I'm here to tell you that there is a very real spirit world. Had this talk with Jack earlier today too, and I had it with uh, Brother Don out, out before service. I this morning I woke up in this very odd, and I think because I've been wrestling with this stuff and and been wrestling with with this mentality of of of, of being what we were called to be and make sure that I accomplish what I'm called to do. I woke up this morning and, and I woke up before the alarm, and before the alarm I just said, and the first thing that came to my mind is God, if I could handle it. If I could handle it, if I could start to see in the spirit world just everything that's going on, what would I see? What would I see going on in this room? If I were to look over Circleville, would I just see butterflies and flowers and, and peace and doves? 
Is that what I, that's what I would want to see. Or would I see horrific, demonic creatures just controlling people? Would I see oppressive things tormenting some of us here today? I'm not trying to be spooky, but can we just settle that if God is real, then there is a devil? And if God is real, then we probably believe in angels? Everybody still in board? Everybody still tracking with me, all right? So there's angels if there's a God. So there's a devil, and there's one-third of the angels that have fallen. Now, we don't know a number, but we do know a, a percentage. So, so we, know, we do know a fraction. We know that one-third of them fell. So, so there are some out there that are demons. You've heard stories. Anybody here heard a story of somebody felt like they, they ran into an angel or met an angel or, or the person has like disappeared and they, they had this angel experience or you heard or know of somebody that's had one of those? So have we bumped into some demonic things as well? You see, this is the reality that it's difficult to talk about because I, I, I know it would be easier today to talk about the blessing of the Lord and and God loves you, and, and God wants to shower you with blessings and, and health and wisdom and money and, and, and popularity. And, and that would be a message that, that if I preached that all year long, perhaps this house would be filled. If I could promise all that. But you see, the Word doesn't promise all that. He, he, he does offer some of that, and aren't you glad for it? How many of you here are blessed? I'm, I'm, I'm so blessed, I'll put up two hands. But I'm also blessed to be able to carry some of that into battle. The reason why God has made me healthy, strong in the spirit is so that I can go into battle and help somebody else come out of their sin. It wasn't just to bless me. It wasn't just for me to feel free and I can sleep well tonight because I'm saved. It was for me to feel that, but then to carry that out and then to go rescue someone else. But there's an enemy that's, that's looking for your soul. And you have to become responsible. And you have to make a decision to become an adult, a spiritual adult, for your babies that you will win to the Lord. Because when I became a man, I had to do three things. I had to plan, prepare, and provide. As we move into a spiritual maturity, it goes beyond just trying to keep myself saved. It moves into me being strong enough and healthy enough to plan to help somebody else. And to, and to prepare and to, to strategize. And then to provide some kind of spiritual food and understanding and some kind of spiritual insight so for, for somebody else that, that I can help lead them out of their darkness. When I gave my heart to God, there were people responsible for that. Thank God that He called on my heart when I was 12 years old in a, in a meeting and, and began to draw my heart to Him. But I can tell you that there were also people that were praying for me long before that preacher preached that message. There were people interceding for me. There were people that loved me and made me feel part of their, 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 their family. There were people that coached me, guided me, discipled me. There were people more mature than me that led me. When I became a man, don't think that your age makes you an adult. I knew a man in his mid-30s. He had... He was married, had two kids, two kids in school. I think, they were in, I think they were in junior high school. And I would watch as his wife would go to work. 
And about the time his wife would leave to go to work, three or four friends would stop over to his house, and they would be there until right before she got home from work every day. And they would play video games all day while she provided for the home. He was in his 30s, but was he a man? Did he speak? Did he understand? Did he think like a man? I'll let you decide. When I became a man, an adult, I had to speak, understand, and think like a man, like an adult man. Question is, what age are you in the spirit? Pastor, I've been serving God for 30 years. It's not what I asked. Are you an adult? Are you mature? I'm not asking how many years you've been saved. I'm asking how mature are you in the Lord? Well, I was praying here today. You know, you should be making a difference. You know how devastated I would be if, if, if my kids said, well, Dad never heard us. But I can't think of anything that I learned from him. He was never mean. He was never bad. I just can't think of anything that he did for us or anything that I learned from him. I want to make sure I have influence on my kids. I want to leave a mark. I, 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 want, to, I want to have some influence. I, I want any job I've ever had, any church I'm in, any friendships that I have, I, I, I want, to, I, I want to, to, to not be a bossy guy, but I want to make sure that I've added some value. And so in doing that, you have to be an adult. You have to be mature. So I was asking myself in prayer today, I was wondering, if I were to go around to every one of you today and say, okay, so you're in the, you're in the Lord's army. I'm talking about the little song we sang when we were kids with the little tanks and all the planes and all the little songs we sang, I'm in the Lord's army. My question to you is this, what's your rank? Now you've been thinking about how long you've been serving the Lord, what rank are you? How does the spirit world rank you? Man, it got tight in here. Whew. Ushers, turn this heat off. Turn the air condition on. What rank are you? Have you ever graduated into any kind of authority? Have you graduated into any kind of understanding where you walk into a place and you feel like, oh, I'm about to do something here. I feel something in the spirit world. I'm going, to, I'm going to walk into this place. I'm going to take my God-given dominion and authority. I'm going to exercise my rank and my power and my authority in this situation right now. I'm not talking about arrogance. I'm not talking about pride. I'm talking about being what God has called you to be and doing what God has called you to do. You're an ambassador of Christ. You're supposed to make a difference. You're supposed to show up with some authority. You're supposed to not let things just have their way with you. You're not supposed to let every demonic thing or every temptation just absolutely rule you. You're supposed to take power and authority and dominion over that. And it is a struggle. It is a trial. But it starts with prayer. It starts with your own personal disciplines. It starts with what are the little things God's calling you to do. How can you take on demons if you can't discipline yourself? How are you going to beat up a demon when you can't, when you can't take power over your own flesh? How are you going to take on the authority? How are you going to take on some kind of spiritual adversary when you can't even overcome your own flesh? If our maturity isn't measured by years... then how do I know how mature I am in the spirit? Well, have you moved from childish to spiritual speech, understanding, and thinking? Is your talk about the church, I'd like to see more of this. 
And if that this serves you, you're speaking like a child. And there's room for children in the church. If you're a new person in this church, God bless you. You're part of the family. You should be thinking about what the church can do to help you to be a better person. What, what you can do. And, and, and it may be all about you for a while. But if you've been here for a couple years and you're not now serving and helping some other new people, some other children in the Lord, babies in the Lord, new birth. That's why we call them babies, not that somebody's immature, but the new birth. Young Christians. But if you've been here 30 years and your conversation, your speech, you're speaking like a child. Wish they wouldn't sing that song. Wish they'd turn the heat up. Wish they'd turn the air up. Wish they'd play it louder. Wish they'd play it softer. I wish they would do this. I wish they would have, a, have more comfortable seats. I wish, I wish, I wish. If it's all about you, if you find yourself that your desires for the church help to serve you, then you're speaking like a child. If your thoughts, if your conversations, if you, if you, if you, if you understand like a child, a child has not much understanding about how the spirit world works. A child doesn't understand finances. A child doesn't understand uh, budgets at the house. They don't understand leadership. They don't understand a child in your household doesn't understand why you think the way you do as an adult, right? That's why they ask, why, 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 why? And even sometimes when you tell them why, they don't get it. Why? Because they're kids. So my question is, in the church, are you mature? Do you understand? We already talked about the speaking part. If your conversations are all about natural things, even if it's the church, it's all about natural things. I want another uh, canoe trip for, the, for this. I want another this. I want, uh, if all this is about you and it's very natural and it's not spiritual in nature, if that's your conversations, that's your first indication. Understanding as a child, what is your understanding in the spirit world? Do you understand authority? You understand spiritual authority from, from that comes from God. You understand uh, the, 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 the channels of authority that God uses in your life of parents and spiritual authority and spiritual leaders that God places in your life. Do you understand uh, 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 finance and, and all these things? Do you have understanding of how things work in the supernatural? If you don't, then you understand as a child. How do you fight spiritual battles? How do you handle the spirit? How do you handle the flesh? How do you know if it's spirit or flesh? Do I know if it's God's voice, my voice, or the devil's voice? These are all things that a, 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 a child in the, in the Lord isn't going to recognize yet. Do you understand the power of prayer if I just park on that I, I could spend some time on that I'm not saying I'm willing to do this but just say if everybody say if if I were to judge our understanding of prayer based on how we pray Would I say that we're mature? If, if, I, if, I, if I determine from pre-service prayer, how much value we put on prayer, would I say we have mature understanding or childish understanding? We're going to start having once a month intercessory prayer like we used to, once a month. One day out of roughly 30 days a month, we will come together and have prayer. It'll be interesting to see what value we place on that or if we're busy with our families and other things going on, other obligations, other responsibilities that once a month we can't even gather as an entire church for one night once a month for prayer. It'll be interesting to see where we are with that. I know there's campfires. I know there's 
There's, the, you know, two for one night at the zoo. I know there's things going on, but it'll be interesting. And then if things happen, I understand things happen. But I also understand that if something is important to us, we, we try to prioritize the best that we can. I may miss some of those myself. That could happen. But I'm just saying it'll be interesting to see why people miss that. And I don't ask that question. I don't ask people unless it's a, a higher level leader that I may wonder why you're not here. But how do you fight spiritual battles? How do you handle flesh battles? The Bible says when I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. So what do you think about on a regular basis? I'm trying to determine whether you're mature or whether you're a child in the spirit. Do you think a lot about the Buckeyes next season? The recruiting class? Hunting, fishing? These are all things I enjoy, by the way. That's why I'm kind of picking on these because this is something I felt like I could pick on that I would, I would be talking to myself. Are you talking about hunting and fishing a lot, a clothing, fashion? Or are you talking about an open door? Are you more excited about an open door? You got to talk with a friend about the Lord. I remember one time I, I, I killed a nice buck in Morrow County and uh, I got it mounted, and, and the day I killed it, uh, some people found out about it, and I left the woods after killing that, my trophy buck, I, I left the woods um, because I had an appointment. My, my appointment was with Kevin and Tracy, it was my Bible study that I taught every week. I did not cancel that Bible study for any reason, unless I was out of the state. I'm in Morrow County, it's snowing, I gutted a deer, sorry, field dressed it. Um, drove home and was in my camos teaching the Bible study, and consequently, that's the night Kevin said, I want to be baptized. So, with my sleeves rolled up, camos on, muddy boots, Kevin and Tracy, I baptized them in Jesus' name that night. I don't break that Bible study for anything because... The one night I do, the devil has an opportunity because I know, I, I understand how that works. The other thing I understood is if it's easy for me to cancel with them one night, the next time there's laundry to do or, you know, we just don't feel up to meeting tonight, you know, let's, let's not meet tonight. So I never wanted to open that door that we canceled this. I wanted to make sure that stayed as regularly scheduled as possible. Sunday, here's what the conversation was. Several guys from the church came to me and said, Hey, I heard about your trophy Thursday. I said, I know, it was awesome. Baptizing Kevin and Tracy, it was awesome. Oh, I was talking about, oh, I know what you're talking about. A dead deer. You see, where was the level of what you viewed as a trophy? Every guy that came to me about my trophy that happened Thursday, every one of them was about a buck. And not two souls that I've been teaching a Bible study to for six months. What, what's your understanding? What, what do you think about? Are you talking a lot about things that God is sharing with you? I, I, I don't feel like I've got the high watermark on this, but, but Jack and I are, are talking frequently and, and, and the guys in my office about something that God has shared with us or, or some new area that God is exploring. And sometimes he's busting our chops. Sometimes we're sharing how God has convicted us about showing us something that we didn't see in ourselves. I want the musicians to come.
1 Corinthians 2. Verse 14 says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. You see, if we stay in this natural state, it's easy to look around and see stuff. You say, I'd like to see, and whatever that is, you fill in the blank, and it would be different for all of us. But it's because we can't see what's really happening in the supernatural. You know what propaganda is? Propaganda is when a certain government or an entity wants you to look at or believe this while at the same time this is the reality. So while we're looking at blessing, whether God has added up to my expectations or not, whether the church is what I think it should be or not, there's this assignment that God wants me to be saved and then wants me to be somebody that influences the world. Do you know that in any game, in any war, sometimes one person can cause a shift in the whole war? Two guys were out on a buoy. Two guys were out in a station that were reading signals from a buoy when Pearl Harbor happened. They radioed in, from what I understand, and said there are thousands of blips coming on the screen coming towards Pearl Harbor. But the guy that took the message for that disregarded it must be a glitch must be something wrong the amount of devastation that happened to our naval fleet because one person didn't make a phone call and ready the troops and ready the ships and get things out of the port out of the harbor they were sitting ducks We all have influence unless we're playing the church. Unless we just show up in a congregation and show up in a service, kind of see what's going to happen today. If we're that person, what are you here for? The bottle or the battle? The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. If you came here today and felt like I was just uptight, you, you missed it. I'm, I'm, I'm not. But as a pastor, I do have to say what God has given me. I do have to issue the warning. And I see a church that's asleep, quite frankly. I see a church not functioning at its full capacity. I see a church that doesn't come in and absolutely erupt in prayer and get ready to fight every demon that's trying to distract to here, to here today and try to try to keep you down and, 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 and trying, to, trying to war against every guest. You realize that every time a guest comes here, the devil tries to get them to be a million miles away and think about all kinds of things, think about what's going to happen after service. He wants to distract, wants to have babies cry and, and things happen and you're balancing your checkbook in your brain. Why? Because there's something supernatural that God wants to have happen today. But if the church doesn't come and prepare the soil and prepare this place, then we just come and have church. That was never God's intention. Neither can we know them because they are spiritually discerned. 
But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherunto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. For you are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying, strife, and divisions, are you not carnal and walk as men? Hebrews 5, 12. For when for the time you ought to be teachers. You know why? Look at your neighbor and say, grow up. It's tough to find leaders. Twice a year we have a discussion. Who's your, who's your parents that are ready to multiply out? Who's the ones that have matured and they're ready to take a family and ready to be responsible to pray and to lead another group of people? We got guests that are visitors. We got people that are coming. They're wanting to plug into our church, but we can't keep adding to our certain families because you can't pack a house full of 30 people. So, so who's the next in line? And we scratch our heads and, and maybe come across one or two that are mature enough. I'm not asking for people to be preachers. I'm not asking for people to, to, to be fluent in Greek and Hebrew. I, I'm just looking for somebody that's mature enough to care about people and to begin to help them navigate through life. We're, we're, we're looking for maturity. For when the time you ought to be teachers you have need that one teach you again you see this isn't a new problem this isn't a circleville problem this isn't a cornerstone problem paul was dealing with this it's a humanity problem it's i'm not willing to stretch i'm not willing to grow i like being fed i like to come and get something i like to come and receive i like to be it's an entitlement it's a welfare mentality We have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and you become such as need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on into perfection. That word does not mean being perfect. It means being mature. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and have faith towards God. In other words, we shouldn't have to keep going over basic doctrine. We should be constantly moving and growing and becoming more mature so that we can become help to somebody else and not keep trying to lead people into salvation over and over and over just trying to keep the church saved to stand our feet choice is yours and it is a choice the bottle or the battle do you just want to continue to receive or do you feel like you discern that this world is in trouble right now if you look in the natural to see what's happening in the supernatural you should be very concerned with where we are right now. If you, if you get any news or talk to anybody that's in the know, you will find 
there's some troubling things. That is a reflection of what's happening in the spirit world. Um, when I was younger, we used to have this stuff called back masking. Remember how you'd like spin the record backwards? You know, spin it one way and it's, I love everybody, spin it backwards and I love the devil. You know, it'd be, you couldn't really tell if it was really legit, legit or not, but it, you know, supposedly they would put stuff on that would be backwards. You know, it'd be this, you'd have to find it. You don't have to do that anymore. It's the main lyrics. They're dressing up like the devil and performing it. They're doing the pentagrams. They're doing all the signs. They're doing all the stuff right there on stage, right at the Grammys, not even, not even secretly on some album cover, the back sleeve. It's at the music awards. Well, that's just entertainment. Okay. You win. It's just entertainment. Guess the devil wouldn't use that at all. He wouldn't try to get into cartoons. He wouldn't try to get into all this other stuff. No, the, 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 the devil doesn't do that. That's all just entertainment. The Bible says the borrower is servant to the lender. You ought to be concerned that we're $39 trillion in debt. You don't believe me? Pull up something called the debt calculator and watch how much you owe right now. Go like this while you're looking at it. You watch your unborn children, your unborn grandchildren, you watch how much they're going to owe when they, when they have to start paying taxes. That thing, is, we cannot even keep up with the interest right now. That's called bankruptcy, folks. If you, can't, if you can't even afford to pay the interest on your loans, you're getting foreclosed on. How do you foreclose on a country? It won't be so obvious. It'll be very subtle. But remember this. The Scripture says, right? Scripture's true, right? Scripture says the borrower is servant to the lender. Why are we allowing China to buy up so much property in the United States, knowing that they're our enemy? Is it because we owe them so much money we can't tell them no? Or they'll foreclose on our loan? Hmm, that's interesting. If the church is going to learn how to get into the battle, we better learn now. You don't want to choose after you're already a prisoner. You don't want to learn how to fight after you're already locked up. You don't want to learn during the invasion how to get spiritually fit. Everybody say prepare. We have to learn to do this before. We have to learn now how to be spiritually equipped. We have to learn now how to pray, how to engage. I'm opening up this altar right now for us to pray. And I want us to come and I want us to lift our voices. I want us to engage. I want us to say, God, forgive me of my sleep, my, my sleepiness in the spirit. I want to tell you, I, I asked people, uh, Brother Cox asked us today to go pray with somebody. I went to go pray for somebody. You know what happened to me? I felt fine. I went to pray for them. I could have took a nap right on that chair. What was happening? Something in the spirit world, now believe this or not, something in the spirit world was trying to get a hold of me to distract me, to get me so tired. The, the spirit of sleep, the spirit of that heaviness was coming on me to try to keep me from praying for who I was praying for. Because as soon as I got...